good. I won't say good morning. <laughs> good afternoon. I caught myself. It doesn't happen very often. It is good to be in God's house. It is good to be in God's word. And I am thankful for all of you that are here this afternoon. I pray that, uh, that this morning's message was a blessing to those that were here. And uh, I, I tell you, it, just, it amazes me how God works. Um, I, I already shared the testimony with, with, with most of you here, so we won't go into it. But I'm just, my mind is just amazed at what, how God works. And hallelujah, Hosanna, praise the Lord. Amen. This afternoon we're going to continue looking at uh, the triumphal entry of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, on uh, into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. We mentioned this morning that, that uh, it was a different time in, of Christ's ministry. And most of Christ's ministry uh, was leading up to this point. Uh, he was preparing his disciples. He was teaching his disciples. He was teaching uh, followers uh, of the gospel. He was preaching the kingdom of heaven was coming. Uh, uh, he had been doing that for, for three uh, three years, three and a half years, but he's come to the, the culmination of the whole purpose of of his ministry. Uh, most of his ministry was done in secret. Uh, he uh, he didn't want uh, it to be well known. If he healed somebody, many times it was, shh, don't go tell anybody. Uh, keep it quiet. We uh, and, and there were times, in fact, I remember his when his mother uh, wanted him to, uh, when Mary wanted him to uh, turn the water into wine. Uh, what did he say? He said, it isn't time, woman. Uh, I wish I could talk to my wife that way or my mother that way, but I, I value my life, and I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. I can't get away with it. Uh, no, it's, it, but I but understand uh, he said it isn't time, but it, then he went on and he did the, 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 the miracle, and I love why he did it. I, I used to question, why would God do something like that? It doesn't make sense. It's just a party. What's the matter if they, they run out of, uh, of, of the wine? But he, the Bible says that he did it so that his disciples that were there would believe. In fact, every miracle that was performed was there to, to, to give credence to what he was teaching, to give authority to what he was saying, and, and to point to the disciples, to point the disciples to the fact that he wasn't just some teacher. Uh, there were a whole lot of teachers back then. There were a whole lot of people that were zealots that were trying to stir up and get a following to, to, to overcome uh, the, 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 either the, the, the religious group or the, or the, or the, uh, the political group political group that were there, Rome, Rome that was in control at the time, and uh, he didn't want, he was trying to separate himself from that, and to identify himself, not as one that said he was the king of, or the, the king of the Jews, but one that was, that they understood was the Messiah, the promised Messiah, uh, uh, so it was a different time, it was a, it was a different, uh, different way of, of coming into it, this is the, not the first time he's come into Jerusalem, uh, uh, he's been to Jerusalem many times. And he knew that, that even, even the fact that the Jews were looking to kill him. Uh, and not just kill him, but Lazarus too. Uh, we talked about the Lazarus being raised from the dead and, and how uh, that, that drew people to him. And that, that, was at the, that was at the very beginning of all this. It's it kind of building up to this point where, where, where they saw this and everybody has come to see Lazarus. They see Lazarus alive and word is spreading all over the place so that people are coming to see Christ. He's staying outside of Jerusalem until it's time. But the whole purpose was that, that, that Jesus was to die, but not just that he had to die, but that he had to die on God's timetable. 
It wouldn't have done any good for Jesus to be stoned to death when and, and, and to die before he was supposed to. He was supposed to die as the lamb of uh, the, the, the Paschal lamb, the Passover lamb. It was, it was supposed to be during that time of Passover. And the Pharisees didn't want to do it at that point in time because it would be visible in front of everybody. It would make him a martyr. And they, they, they didn't want that. But when he did what he did, when he did what he did, there was there was a knowledge, there was wisdom in how he he brought this about. Because in heal, in raising Lazarus from the dead, instead of healing him, now there are great multitudes following him, and now he's going to come into Jerusalem on this this past uh, on this uh, in this triumphal entry, and he's not just going to walk in, he's going to ride in. He's never done that before. He's never once asked for somebody to go get him a horse or to go get him a mule. It was, it was all done purposely, again, to, 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 uh, to, to give credence to that this was, and he's announcing himself as king of the Jews, that he is the promised Messiah. And we, we looked at this, again, we looked this morning at, at this, and I don't want to get to rehash much of what I said this morning, but there's a reason why he's there. And that's so that the world might know. And as he's coming in, and he's making that trip from the top of Mount Olives. We see that uh, in uh, we see that here in verse uh, seven. This is then they brought the ass and the colt, and that also was fulfilling of scripture, Zechariah nine nine. I mentioned that this morning. Brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes, and they set him therefore on. I want to stop for that for a second, and 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 look at what's happened. It was it was uh, known of kings to to to, to ride into uh, uh, ride into a. a a place that they were going to take over. Back in Deuteronomy, there was actually a law that if they were going to go into uh, and, and, and wage war on, an, on another, on a city, that they, they didn't first go in at, with war, they went in in peace. They would announce that they were there. To, they were there in peace, and if they were, if that was accepted, then they, they would. Uh, the people that were in the city would be their servants. That they just surrendered. But if they rejected it, he would come back in war. Here, Jesus is entering Jerusalem in peace. He's not there to wage war on the people. He's not there to to uh, overthrow the government. He is not there even to to, to overthrow the, uh, the the religious system. He is there to set up his kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, the kingdom that he has been preaching about since the beginning of his ministry. The people, however expected a different kingdom. See, they're, they're, they're lauding him and they're praising him. And, and, and listen, he deserves to be praised. He is God in the flesh. He is He is the Almighty One. We, we, we covered this this morning. He deserved to be exalted. He deserved to be lifted up. He deserved the, the red carpet treatment that they gave him. He deserved the, the palm branches being waved and the shouting of Hosanna. He deserved all of those things because of who he was. But we're we're going to see in a moment, he's calling me. And he says, you need to put this on silent. For everybody to do what your pastor's doing right now. And turn that off. <laughs> he deserves to be praised. But they were praising him for the wrong reasons. 
and we want to look at them. But first of all, we want to look closely. We want to take a quick look at what they did. First, we see that they brought the they they brought the mule the, the, that uh, that donkey. There was the uh, fulfilling of scripture. It was a, a donkey that had never been ridden, never been broken. Uh, Zechariah nine nine. It was to be the colt of an ass. Uh, so they brought both the mother and the and, and the colt. It's just a young small burro that he's a uh, donkey that he's riding on. Uh, but notice what the disciples did. He didn't climb up there himself. And it wasn't saddled. It had never been broken to saddle. In fact, it wasn't a, 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 an animal that was supposed meant to uh, wear a saddle. It was a, a, a bird, uh, a, an animal of burden. So they would place sacks of grain up, upon it, uh, different uh, bags upon it. Uh, but, but what they did was they took their coats off to make a saddle. It, you know, it, shows, it shows humility. It, it, it shows honor and deference and laying their own wants and their own needs aside so that Christ might have a place to sit upon this animal. They, they, they lifted him up they, they, and they, they placed him. He didn't have to crawl, climb up there. Has anybody ever sat on a donkey? They're not very big. Not, we're not talking about the mules. We lived on a farm where where they they, they raised mules. A mule is, a, is 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 half donkey and half horse, and they they they're as big as a horse, but they look a little bit like a donkey. They got the big ears, and the, that's not what he was riding. As a as a burro, his legs were probably close to dragging on the ground. It was it would have looked kind of uncomfortable. He would have been much taller than other men as he was riding this donkey. But they, they placed them up and they set them on there. And then the people took off their coats and they lined the way. They sacrificed something of their own. They, they, they used to, it's the same idea as the red carpet treatment. Or or sometimes gentlemen back in the, the day when they, before they had paved roads and things, if there was a puddle, to keep the lady from having to step in the mud, a gentleman would take off his coat and throw it in the mud to cover the puddle so that she could walk over without getting her, her feet dirty. That's the same idea is they're giving honor to Jesus. Why were they doing that? Because they they were bringing him forward as king. They, 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 they were acknowledging uh, who he was. They believed he, him to be the Messiah, but they mistakenly were expecting, and we'll talk about this in a minute, they were mistakenly expecting a temporary or temporal earthly kingdom versus the spiritual kingdom that he was here for. The Bible says that each man went and cut his own palm branch. I, I think there's some significance in that. Many times, uh, I, 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 I've had this idea before of, of people handing out palm branches. This wasn't planned. Uh, and, and the palm branch was, was significant in the fact that, that it was a symbol of victory. And, and, and here Jesus is coming in, riding in to victory. Uh, they, they wanted a king uh, that was going to ride in in victory. And they're shouting out, Hosanna, which means, save me, in Hebrew. Save me, save me now. The, 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 the passage in Psalms 118 we read this morning that goes along with this, Psalms 118, verse 25 and 26, says, save me now. It means, Hosanna. And it says, then it says, uh, blessed be the, the, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, which is exactly what they go on to say. He is the son of David. Also important, they're, they're referencing him to the prophecy that, that, the, that the coming Messiah, 
Messiah would be of, of, of come would be born out of David's David's line, and, and 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 God would fulfill that prophecy, and it was all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. In fact, as we talked about this morning, there are 44, 44 different prophecies that were fulfilled in, in this uh, in the Word of God through Jesus Christ. They were all praising him, and he deserved to be praised. And I just want to, I want to remind us, but, but many times we praise God for the wrong reasons. So the, the message today is three points. It's not going to be very long. Man's laughing, and I can see it through his mask. The first point is this. The king that they were looking for. They were they were seeing the, the title of the message is Hosanna to the king. They were praising him. They were lifting him up. They were exalting him. They were looking for a, a king, and they were praising him as king. And again, he deserved all the praise he could get, and so much more. Jesus told the Pharisees if they kept themselves silent, that the rocks themselves would cry out. He deserved to be praised, and if at any time. This time was it, was it, and so so he's coming in, and, they, and he's coming in as king. But here's the king that they were looking for. They were crying out, "Save us!" But they wanted to be saved from their taxes. The the, the Romans at that time were were, were that were oppressing them with with their, with their rule, with their government, and with increasing taxes. How many of you like to pay your taxes? I don't like paying taxes. I do it because I'm supposed to, because Jesus tells me, give it to Caesar what is Caesar's. And although Caesar's face is not that dollar bill, a president's face was. So we're, we're, to, we're to pay our taxes. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy that fact, but if somebody's going to come along and, and take away our tax. Did you know that in John chapter 6, what, who knows what happened in John chapter 6? What, what was the, the miracle that Jesus performed? The feeding of the 5,000. What happened in the feeding of the 5,000? Uh, Jesus took, took uh, a few loaves and a few fish, and he blessed them, and he broke them, and he fed 5,000 people. And you know what it says at the end of that passage? That that, that group of that a group and that people, they, they wanted to take him by force to make him king. They were looking for a benevolent king to save them from the, the oppression of the Romans. And, and wouldn't that have been great to, to have been freed from, the, from that oppression and, and freed from the taxes? And listen, they lived day to day back then. They didn't have money. They didn't have things like bank accounts and, and, and weeks. They didn't have refrigerators full of groceries for the week. They, they lived day to day. They worked for food for the next day. And they, 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 it, was, it was a day to day existence. And here in America, we, we, know, we don't know much about that because, well, we have freezers and refrigerators and bank accounts and jobs where we get paid weekly. And it's different for us than it was for them, so it's hard for us to understand. But they were looking for, 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 for somebody to, to come along and, and take care of their physical needs. We have a people today in America that are looking for the same thing. Take away the taxes and just receive government handouts. And, and uh, it's, it's a rely upon the government for those things instead of them taking from us. I want somebody to give me something. A, 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 a democratic, a, a democratic uh, a government will never last. And listen, I'm not trying to get into politics, but understand, when people realize they can vote to get something, they'll vote more and more to get something, and eventually there's nothing left to take to give. But that's what they were looking for. They, they wanted him to be king so he could provide for their physical needs. The Bible says many people followed him because they were hungry. 
And listen, he was a he was a wonderful savior who who fed people, who healed people, who took who took care of physical needs. But he did all of those things not because he was promising an earthly kingdom where there would be no hunger, that there would be no sickness. He did all those things to point to the glory and the power of God. They wanted a, a, a benevolent king. They wanted, not only did they want a, a benevolent king, but they wanted a prophesied king. They, they said, hey, he's, the, he's the one who's coming in the name of the Lord. He's, he's the son of David. And while that is all true, they didn't understand the prophecy in the Bible. See, when you go through and look at many of the prophecies in the Old Testament, they're not separated. So when you set, when you look at the coming of the king, and, and, and then later on, sometimes these prophecies are stuck together, and if you're not careful, so what they were looking was an earthly kingdom. They weren't looking for a spiritual kingdom, but that's what Jesus was here for. So they're praising God because, because he is the prophesied king, and he showed that in the power that he, that he existed. And most importantly, they wanted a conquering king. Yes, they wanted a benevolent king. Yes, they wanted him to be the prophesied king. They were looking for the Messiah. They looked at all the different areas for the Messiah, by the way. Lots of different people. They believed that he was him. But listen, they also wanted a conquering king. Just like in John chapter 6, where they wanted to make him king and take, make him king by force, they wanted him to ride in and take control. They wanted him to take control of the, the to push out the, whether it's raise up an army. Listen, if he can if he can raise the dead, raise Lazarus from the dead, what can he do to get rid of the Romans? They were looking for an earthly king. And listen, it wasn't just the people. The disciples did the same thing. If they, if they, in Acts chapter one, they said they said in verse six and seven, he says, "Is this the time that you're going to set up your earthly kingdom?" They still assumed that it was going to happen right then and right there. They wanted a conquering king. I've often wondered how they could go from saying Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king of kings. Blessed be him who comes in the name of the Lord, the son of David. Hosanna. I've often wondered how they could go from that to crucify him in a week. In less than a week. You know what it was? Unmet expectations. When they realized that he was not going to be the king that they wanted, that he was not, people will turn on people real quick. When they, when they, when they realize they're not going to get what they thought they were going to get. I, I ordered, I, I won't name the name of the company because I'm not trying to run down any company. I ordered something from a company and uh, they did not meet my, meet my expectations. I was not happy with that company. I spent a week trying to cancel my order from that company because of unmet expectations. If I'd known what I know now, I never would have ordered from that company in the first place. Listen, they, they were praising God or Jesus because of what they expected him to do, but when they realized he wasn't going to be who they expected him to be and do what they expected him to do, they turned their back on him. Instead of saying, Hosanna, they cried out, crucify him. Listen, we live in a day and age where we have people that they, they claim that Jesus is the Lord of their lives and they want him to be king of certain aspects and they want him to do what they want him to do to provide and take care of all their needs without requiring anything of them. But listen, he isn't the king that we can tell what to do. He is the king who we subject ourselves to in loyalty 
and allow him to tell us what to do. And what happens is most of the time people get upset and angry about that. Why should I subject myself to, to the Word of God? Because it is the Word of God. That's why you should subject yourself to it. Who is He? He's God Almighty. We should live our lives according to what He would have for us. Not because make, try to make Him fit our lives or our expectations. Understand who He is. They praised Him because of the, of the King they thought because of the king that they wanted. But I want you to also know, uh, I want you to see the king that he was. Because he was a benevolent king. They wanted a king that would provide for all of their needs and, and take care of the taxes and, 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 and to put away from the taxes and give them their daily bread and all of those things. Can I tell you, we have a king who does provide for us, but he wasn't just a king that, that provided for his people. He gave himself for his people. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, loved us, and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He gave his life for us. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have Jesus than bread. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have Jesus than, than, than a big house and all the fancy things that, that money can afford. I, I, what's the song? I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'm, I'm off tune and I apologize for that. But you, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather have Christ than have, have what this world has to offer. Because what this world has to offer will fall away. It will rust. It will corrupt. It will be destroyed. It can be stolen, taken away. And when I die, I can't take any of it with me. But if I have Christ, I have everything. He was a benevolent king. He does provide for his people. He does care for us. And so much so that he gave himself for us. They wanted a benevolent king. He just wasn't benevolent in the way that they wanted. He was the prophesied king. Genesis 3.15 says the Messiah would be born of a, a woman. Matthew 1.20, Galatians 4.4. 4. We'll verify that. Micah 5.2 says the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Matthew 2.1 and Luke chapter 2, 4 through 6 tells us that he was born in Bethlehem. Messiah, Isaiah 7.14 says the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 31 verifies that. So does Matthew chapter 1, 22 and 23. Genesis 12.3 says the Messiah would come from the lineage of Abraham. Matthew 1.1 1, 1 shows that he does. Genesis 17.19 and Genesis 21.12 says the Messiah would be a descendant of Isaac. Luke 3.34 shows us that he is. I'm skipping some. Genesis 49.10 says he'd come from the tribe of Judah. Luke 3.33 and Hebrews 7.14 affirmed that he was. 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 13. Isaiah 9 said that he would be the heir to the throne of David. Luke 1, 32 and 33 and Romans 1, 3 both verify that he was. Isaiah 7, 14 says his name would be Emmanuel. Matthew 1, 23 tells us his name is Emmanuel. Jeremiah 31, 15 says the massacre of children would take place. At his, in his birthplace, Matthew 2, 6-18, tells us how, how Herod tried to kill, uh, kill, kill the Messiah by killing all those two years and under. 
Isaiah 40, 3-5 tells us that there would be one who would prepare the way for the Messiah. John chapter 1 tells us that John was the one who prepared the way. Prophecy after prophecy. Psalms 2, 6, Zechariah 9, 9 says, says he would be called the king. Matthew 27, 37, Mark 11, 7-11, he's... Jesus is named King. Psalms 41, 9 tells us the Messiah would be betrayed. Luke chapter 22, 47 and 48 show us that Judas betrayed him. On and on and on and on and on. We're given prophecy after prophecy that Jesus was fulfilled with his birth, his life, and his death. And again, we talked about that this morning. The importance of that is the fact that if that tells us that Jesus was the Messiah. If any of those things had been prophesied and not come true, then it causes, casts doubt upon his deity, casts doubt upon the fact that he was the Messiah. And listen, nobody else could line up to that. It wasn't one or two prophecies. Sometimes people get lucky in making those predictions. But we're talking prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. It was not by accident. It was ordained of God. In fact, there were certain things that were done, just like the, in Zechariah 9-9, the riding of the, the colt, the son of an ass, that, 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 that proves that he was the Messiah. He was the prophesied king. He was a benevolent king. He was a powerful king. Because of his deity, he was a conquering king. Now remember, they were looking for a conquering king to, to come in and to, to overthrow the rule of, uh, of Rome and, and get rid of it. That's what, they, that's what they desired. That's what they longed for. And he was a conquering king, just not in the way that they said. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that, that through his death and through his life, that he conquered, uh, through his death and his resurrection, he conquered sin in the grave. Listen, we have hope in Christ. We have hope of our own eternal life because of the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. If, as Paul said, if there was no resurrection, there would be no hope. And that we would of all men be most miserable because of all the things that we believe are nothing. They would all be lies. All the things that we were taught, all the things that we teach of the gospel, that there would be no power in it if there was no resurrection. He was a conquering king. He conquered sin and the law when he died on that cross. When he said, it is finished, the work of redemption was done. Nothing more had to be done. The Bible says that, that, that the law and our accusations were nailed to the cross with him. It was done. It was finished. He, was, he conquered something that no one else could conquer. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we could have the righteousness of Christ in us. He conquered sin. He conquered the grave when he resurrected. They wanted, they wanted him to take over Rome. He gave, he gave us hope of new life. Not just spiritual new life, but of eternal life. If, if, if he hadn't risen from the grave, there would be no hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us that we, that we can have hope. That we can comfort ourselves with the promise that, that, that the dead, the trumpets will sound, the dead in Christ will rise, that we which are alive will remain, will be counted together with them in the clouds. It says, therefore comfort one another with these words. There would be no comfort, there would be no hope that those things were true, there would be empty words if Jesus was still in the grave. We 
getting ready to, 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 to celebrate Easter. We're getting ready, ready to celebrate the, the Resurrection Day. That's what it's all about. It's that Jesus is no longer there, and that he lives eternally, and that he lives to make intercession for us. As if, if he wasn't alive, we'd have nothing. But he was a conquering king. He just wasn't conquering what they wanted him to conquer. Listen, he, he conquered sin. He said, well, I'm still defeated. Greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. You do, you know what that means to him conquering sin? You do not have to suffer and be bound by sin any longer. You do not have to allow it to have victory over your life in any part. Because Christ had victory over it when he died. He paid, the sin, he paid for the penalty of sin with his death. He gives us the power to overcome with his life. And listen, he deserves to be praised for all of those things. It is uncomfortable for us in today's day and age, to, to, at least in, in, in some circles, to, 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 to raise our hands and to, 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 to cut our branches and to wave our branches, to say amen, to, to shout. But can I tell you, that's exactly what Christ deserves. It's not normal for us. Uh, we feel uncomfortable and out of place. It's, it, it doesn't feel good for our flesh to do that. But guess what? Our flesh shouldn't be in control. Now, I don't mean getting getting all crazy and rolling around on the floor. and falling. I have seen uh, videos of people that just were out of bounds. And uh, listen, God is a God of order. But, but somebody's jumping up and saying, praise Jesus and thank the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I've seen videos of people running around throwing jackets and books books across the auditorium. That isn't praise. I saw one where a guy jumped into the baptistry and jumped back out. That's not that's not real praise. That's look at me, look at me, uh, uh, trying to get attention to me. The, the 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 idea of praising God is to point to Christ and give Him all the glory. However, we can go. It's like it's like there's there's two ditches. One is the running around crazy, and then the other one on this side is the we just sit here. How many of you have seen the Bernie meme pictures? The picture of Bernie, the uh, Bernie, the political guy with his hands in his mittens. Bernie Sanders, yeah. I saw my favorite church burning meme the other day. I showed it to my wife. I think I put it on the on the cast of the net thing. It was a picture of it was a picture of Bernie. It was two different pictures. One was 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 a was a, it was a Baptist it was it was a Baptist at a Pentecostal church. And the Bernie sitting there with his mittens on. And listen, we feel uncomfortable, but we shouldn't. It's our flesh that makes us feel that way. And the fact that we're, we're, we're but again, we, it's, we, we, we try to, we, we, we try to drive between these two ditches, but sometimes I think that we, we veer too close to this ditch that we're not really, we're afraid to praise God because we're, we're afraid of what somebody might think, what somebody might say, we're afraid of what the Spirit had his way in us. Do you realize what they were doing? They were not sitting there, they were not, they were not sitting there saying, Amen. Have you ever been to a parade? It was like a parade atmosphere. They were, they were waving their arms. Hosanna! Hosanna! Hosanna, the son of David! Save me now! That's what they were saying. Save me now, son of David! Save me now! And he deserved every, every Hosanna, every raised hand. 
They went out and they cut their own branches. They put work into this. It's a mission. It's a sign, a signal of victory. I want him to see that I believe he's going to bring victory. They cut those things off and they're waving it back and forth. If that were to happen in most of, in one of our church services, there would be people that would fall over almost dead. Or people that would get indignant and leave. Or maybe not leave, but just sit there. But indignant all the same, and their spirit quenches the spirit of God. But, but listen, they say, well, why, why do they have to be that way? Because in heaven, that's how they praise God. Have you ever read the book of Revelations? But every voice lifted up in praise of God, and we try to sing, Jesus loves me, and you get people... Jesus loves me, this I know, for the... I'm not saying we've got to become charismatic and Pentecostal. That's not what I'm saying. Because, like I said, there's there's a ditch on both sides. But we need to allow the Spirit to work in us. And listen, that praise comes out of real joy. They were truly joyous because they believed he was to be the king. And while their, their, their view of what the king he was going to be was wrong, he, we know the king he was. And we do have reason to praise him because he, he, did, he did conquer sin in the grave. Because he is a benevolent king. Because he does, he does work in our lives and bless. And listen, he works in ways that we can't even imagine he would. And sometimes, like today, he peels back the curtain, and he says, and you see his handiwork. And you say, praise God. Never would have expected what happened this afternoon to happen. But praise God, it had nothing to do with me, it had nothing to do with anybody, but what God did. But we'll sit here. Hosanna to the king. Not to the king that they wanted, but the king that he was. But can I just remind you of the king that he will be? He entered Jerusalem that day, and he rode a donkey, a lowly little animal. Probably, if in our eyes today, would look ridiculous, to be honest with you. A grown man riding a donkey that he was almost as big as. Be like a, a grown man riding a little a little boy's dirt bike, or a little girl's bicycle, and we would have thought, but 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 he did that in, in in humility. He did that to fulfill scripture. But but he was still king, and they they praised him for it. And, and one day he's going to come back again, and and he's going to come back as king. And he's not going to be riding a little donkey. The book of Revelation tells us he's going to be riding a white horse. Uh, uh, finally, an animal worthy of, of, of the lamb that was slain. Uh, one who's worthy. Turn over Revelation chapter 19 with me. I want you to see this and, and, re and remember. Not the king that he was. And praise God, we need to remember that. But remember the king that he will be. I want you to see they're praising him here too. I'm going to read a large portion here of verse chapter 19. It says, After these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Listen, that's how we're going to be praising God. It isn't going to be... I think we're going to feel really out of place if we don't get something fixed. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great horror which did corrupt the earth 
with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Can you imagine hearing that praise? So many voices, it sounds like a great many waters rushing. Have you ever been next to a rushing mighty river? Uh, I, 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 I have been near some rivers. Uh, one of, the, one of the, the loudest places I've ever been is, is uh, Niagara Falls. We went to Niagara Falls and, and when I was uh, eight, 17 or 18 years old. And uh, uh, we, we had a good time as a family. We were there. And there's this one thing that they let, uh, there's a, a, a walkway that goes out. If you've, ever, if you've ever visited, you can pay, I don't know, it's 5, 10, 15 bucks. I don't know what the tickets are. But you can walk out. And we had gone in the evening to look at Niagara Falls. And apparently they turn back the water at times. And then they open it up at times. We saw one of the times where they kind of closed off the amount of water. And you can see this, this walkway. Like, that would be really cool. You could reach out and touch the water from Niagara Falls. That would be really great. So my dad said, yeah, let's do it. We'll do it tomorrow. So the next day we went and bought the tickets. We didn't go back and look. We just went and bought the tickets. And we walked through this, these, this uh, I don't know, this, these, not hallways, but it was like carved through the rock. And you come out, and there's the walkway. And you look up, and no longer was there a walkway visible. It was just the water, because the water was landing on the walkway. It, it was like getting hit with five-gallon buckets, one after another after another, because you were getting hit by these large five or ten gallons of water. It was awful. This little old woman almost fell to her death. It was terrible. I mean, it was fun, but it was, it was, it was dangerous. Not so dangerous they didn't let us do it, but it was dangerous and loud. The rushing of that water was, it was just overwhelming. Now I want you to think of the voices of people praising God, saying, Hallelujah, worthy is the Lamb. Millions of voices, all praising God. Nobody hindered by fear. Nobody worried about what the person next to them is going to say or how they're going to sound. Listen, they're just praising God. See, the problem with this flesh is it holds us back. Our spirits may want to praise God for all we're worth, but we're afraid of what somebody might say. We're afraid of what somebody might hear, how we might look or appear to somebody else. And, and listen, our flesh just doesn't like to praise God because it's our flesh. And it's, it's, it goes against the things of the spirit. But, but once we're free of that, my good, I will praise the Lord. My goodness. It goes on to say, verse 9, he said unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's us, by the way. And he saith unto them, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. Now notice this. And he said unto me, See that you, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have testi testimony of Jesus. 
worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and this is the horse Jesus rides upon. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and, his, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon the white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress, and the fierceness and, and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, and on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. As we talked about the king that they wanted. As we talked about the king that he was. That he is going to come back as a conquering king. He came to Jerusalem first time in peace. And he conquered sin and death on the cross and in the grave. But listen, he's going to come back. And enemy, Israel has rejected Jesus. And at that point in time, the world is going to have rejected Christ. And the, the, the church is going to be, have been caught up with Christ in heaven for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're going to get to spend that time. Hey, in a few minutes, we're going to spend communion with Christ. And remember what Jesus said. He said, this will be the last time that I drink of this cup. Until that day, the marriage supper of the Lamb, when I drink it again with you in heaven. But listen, one day he's going to come back. And he's going to be riding on a white horse. And he's going to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And there will be victory. Yes, he deserves praise, but remember, and, and we, we need to lift him up for, for what, he, what he is and what he has done, but he's not done. And he deserves praise for who he will be. It is not kosher to talk about the end of the world in today's day and age. People look at you like you're kind of kooky, kooky and, and crazy, and you're some kind of, uh, listen, I'm not prophesying anything. I'm telling you what the Bible says is going to happen, that Jesus is going to come back. And listen, he's promised that he's going to come back. I don't know when it's going to happen. I, I, all I know is I'm not going to be here when it does. I'm going to be in heaven, and I'm going to get to come back with him according to the word of God. And listen, what a day that will be. And listen, it's going to be a, a great day for the people of God, but it's going to be a sad day for the people here on this earth because they're going to have risen up again against him, to fight against God. And the Bible says that the, that the blood that, that, that is shed from the, the death of the animals and the, uh, and the people will rise as high as the, 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 uh, the reins upon a horse. Listen, it's going to be a deadly day here upon this earth. And the Bible says he'll rule, and he'll rule justly, and he'll rule with a rod of iron. We talked about the millennial reign of Christ. He'll have victory. I've had people joke about the name of Christ, so uh, especially here in America, the name of the name of Jesus is taken out of context and and blasphemed in so many different ways, and, and, and people think it's a joke. But understand that name is higher than any other name. Every tongue will one day confess it, whether they want to or not. We're not going to challenge him on that day. We're not going to stand against him on that day. We will humbly submit ourselves to him because he is God, the creator of all things. And as I had the chance to tell somebody today, there's that, that, that uh, it's appointed a man wants to die and after, after, after that the judgment. And we'll be judged on whether or not we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Not upon our goodness or our works. None of us are worthy. So here's the question for you today as we come to the end of the message. 
You may praise God. You may praise Jesus in these coming days. But what are you praising him for? Are you praising him as king because of the kind of king you want him to be? That you hope him to be? The one who's benevolent and gives you what you want and does the things that you want and, and, and lets you live your life your way. I've never met a king like that. We are not used to kings here in America. The last king that we had here in America, we kicked out. We, are, we, we, we wanted to be our own sovereign nation. And listen, I appreciate the fact that God had his hand in the making of the United States. I am not arguing that at all. But listen, he should be, for every child of God, that Jesus should be the king of our hearts. And can I just tell you that, like, that, we, that you don't fight back against a real king. You submit to him. When the word of God tells us one thing, we should tells us something, shows us in our life that this is wrong, then we should submit to it. When God calls us to do something, just like Jesus told the disciples, two of the disciples go and fetch this, fetch this, this, this uh, donkey. They didn't question him. They didn't second guess. They said they went and did what he commanded. You know why they did it? Because they loved him. He doesn't want us, as 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 the children of God, to to to, to be obedient out of fear. He wants to be obedient out of love. As we allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to dwell in us and to change us and sanctify us. That's why Jesus said, abide in me and my word shall abide in you. Don't worship him. Don't praise him. The king you want him to be, want him to be, praise him for the king that he was. For what he did for us on the cross. About we're, we're getting ready to celebrate the, the resurrection. Uh, praise him for what he did on that cross. My goodness, uh, uh, out of anything, that is the greatest thing that he could have ever done for us. And he gave himself for us. He was benevolent. He was conquering. And praise him for the king that one day he will be. Because one day, that's going to be you and me with him in heaven. And we need to get comfortable being able to praise him and worship him. We need to get comfortable being able to raise our hands and not feel out of place. The Bible says to lift up holy hands to praise Him. We need to, be, we need to get comfortable with thanking Him and thank with thanksgiving and praising Him. Not because of the song that we're singing. Well, we're just singing. This is this is a song service. No, it's praise. That's what it is. May we praise God. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for all that you did for us on that cross. Lord, and and all that you continue to do for us in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to praise you, not for what we want or what we hope for, but for who you are and for all you've promised us. I pray, God, that you would just have your way with our hearts, Lord. Lord, just help us to praise you. Lord, you know our flesh doesn't, isn't necessarily comfortable in, but Lord, help us to take control of that. Help us to lift you up and glorify you for all that you are, all that you are, all that you've done. We thank you, Father. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Has